0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. Summer School Electronics is a pedal company from Syracuse, New York, making incredible stuff. There are a few summer school devices knocking around the shred shed, and I can tell you from personal experience, they sound great, they hold up, and Mark is a super cool dude. The first pedal i saw from them was the science fair which is a parallel classic drive and distortion and now they've released a new parallel concept called the class reunion the class reunion takes a 90s muff style circuit and combines it with their trash panda which is like a soft clipping high gain amp in a box style circuit and it is a super super versatile combination with all kinds of clipping options parallel blending it's really really rad, a really cool idea and I think you should check it out. So go over to summerschoolelectronics.com, that's summerschoolelectronics.com and check them out today. Today's episode of the Tone Mob podcast is brought to you by Third Power Amps. The amps are handmade right in Nashville, Tennessee. Wait a second. Nashville's getting some serious representation on this Pacific Northwest-based podcast. Coincidence. Hmm. Anyway, third power, Uh, I got the opportunity to play with the Woolly Coats Extra Chimey for quite a while, Uh, that which was the amp that we used in the Ultimate Gear giveaway. And I gotta say, I never thought I was an AC amp guy, but this thing changed my mind. This is an AC on steroids, and it the clean tones are gorgeous and then put some of your favorite like time-based or modulation effects in the effects loop and learn to love them even more because somehow it takes those effects that you already love and makes them sound even richer and and just better overall i don't know how jamie and the guys do it but i'm impressed and the amp looks gorgeous it sounds gorgeous you're not going to be upset if you are rocking one of these on stage. So check out 3rd Power Amps, and you'll be glad to do it. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I am your host, Blake Wyland, and with me again, I have a, another repeat uh, guest on the show today, and that would be somebody that I talk to on a weekly basis anyway, so prepare for another thrilling conversation with none other than Mr. Brian Wombler. How are you doing, sir?
2: I'm doing good. How are you doing, Blake? L- you know, long-time it's... listener, second-time caller here. That's right.
1: Yes. Uh, You know, pretty good. You was harassing me a couple weeks ago on Chasing Tone. Um, about how you haven't come back on Tone Mob yet. And so now I decided, you've, hey, what the heck? Why don't you come on, you haven't, on the Tone Mob episode?
2: You haven't shown me love. I feel like I feel like you've been cheating on me a little bit. Well it's like it's almost you know?
1: like I've been like doing another podcast with you every week or something.
2: <laughs> it has been a little a little awkward to think. Okay, so what are we going to talk about? Because we talk like every week on my podcast,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, "What kind of topics are we going to come up with this time?"
2: Like, what is it? I got an idea. We'll just copy and paste from the Chasing Tone podcast, and then uh, you know, you do your intro. Easy. We'll get two podcasts for one. Oh, that's a good call. And no one's gonna no (laughs)
1: one's gonna catch on. No one actually pays attention to what we're saying.
2: No one will ever notice
1: no, never because <laughs> there's never. so
2: many gear podcasts out there. people don't they can't find them all.
1: no, there's no way that we have any of the same listeners. It's impossible.
2: no, impossible. absolutely oh, he oh, said the same word at the same time. It's cute. it is cute.
1: it's like it's almost like we talk every week and know what each other's about to say
2: <gasps> <laughs> to say. Uh, oh oh
0: wait,
1: boy, <laughs> we're like that married couple who start to finish each other's sentences and start, sentences, yeah, and start <laughs> and start looking like each other. Oh wait. Anyway, I'm,
2: I'm the skin. I'm the skinny, handsome brother.
1: <clears throat> I'm the short, ugly one.
2: <laughs> oh, anyway. Anyways, so I've been a busy man this week. I know you have too.
1: You've been, you've been going, uh, going like gangbusters with all kinds of stuff. We kind of talked, uh, on Chasing Tone about all your new pedals, but Mm -hmm. I know there's more than that. Um, is there anything, uh, you kind of for, I'm, cause since we don't have any of the same listeners, uh, you can go over to Chasing Tone and get the overview of the pedals, but I feel like there's some more stuff going on behind the scenes that maybe you can share. Maybe you can't share at all, but. What else is happening? You got a lot more than just a couple new pedals going on.
2: Yeah, so basically, pretty much the entire line has been, um, well, those three pedals have had like a new pedal, two version twos. Uh, the new pedal being the Mini Ego Compressor, the version twos being like uh, Pinnacle Deluxe. Now is a three band EQ, has a sag, sag control, has two different style boosts on it. Um, the faux Tape Echo now has subdivisions on it. Everything's been graphically updated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some new paints, new graphics, everything looks way more cohesive. Everything is now using um, soft switches with uh, relays, which is still true bypass, or as I like to call it, complete bypass. Complete. You know, it's almost like we just talked about this. Yeah, yeah. It's how, <laughs> that's what, I like to call it complete. I figure if Mike, my, my, wasn't it Mike Fuller that started calling things true bypass? I may be way off. Yeah, uh,
1: but he definitely, if he wasn't the first, he definitely hitched his wagon to it early on.
2: If it, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, he popularized it, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'm going to start using the term complete bypass. Mm-hmm. Like final, final, you know, in its ultimate completion, this <laughs> is the truest, <laughs> true signal that a person can have. I'm not buying it. Sorry. It's... I'm I'm trademarking it right now. You have to buy it. Oh, fine, I'll, I'll buy it.
0: <laughs> oh, so man. no, I mean
2: that like, we've so we've updated graphics on really everything. Right? Like the Paisley Drive is pretty close. The tum- Tumnus is pretty close. Um, I'm looking th- Triple Rec. Okay, so the Triple Rec has very minor changes, thirty something mm-hmm. very minor changes, and the Low Blow Bass Overdrive and Distortion. Uh, is pretty much unchanged, but um, but yeah, everything else, man. It's uh, we've done a lot of. Uh, well, Jason Wilding, the guy that does the graphics for me, uh, he and I have been going back and forth and basically arguing, fighting, and yelling at each other over making sure these things were cohesive and you know making sure everything looked like a real brand rather than a bunch of randomized pedals that were thrown in over a period of 10 years, you know, because I mean, <laughs> cause if we're, if we're honest, like it's really weird how things started. So, and, and your listeners may not actually know this cause I never really talk about this. So when, you know, in 2008 ish or so that's, mm-hmm. that's when Brian was like in a barn building, like literally I was in a, a big mini barn. It was just, you know, like a 12 by 16 mini barn or something.
0: Okay.
2: And, um, you know what a mini barn is, right? It's like just a barn you set on the ground. It's not even like doesn't have a foundation or. anything Oh like that. right, yep, I gotcha. You know what I mean? What? Most people like put their mowers and stuff in them. Right? Yeah, you know over I mean? here we
1: got a company called Tough Shed that basically does that. So yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So same sort of, sort of idea. It's just a just a you know very inexpensive building. Mm-hmm. Uh, put some insulation in it, and put a space heater in there. A window air conditioner in the summer. And Brian was building pedals like, you know, like a man with four, four hands, you know, mm-hmm. just going to town. And so, you know, so, but I was doing pretty much everything. And my wife was helping me a lot back then too. Um, and, and uh, <laughs> you're probably going to find this weird, but, um, uh, my wife's grandma actually used to, uh, assemble electronic stuff for Harmon, I believe.
1: Oh, interesting. Uh, Har-
2: Harmon was Harmon was a local company here where I live. Uh, for, they had a factory here for a while. So anyway, so she had a lot of experience, you know, soldering and stuff like that. And so she was helping s- solder some circuit boards with right alongside. Of, <coughs> excuse me, mm-hmm. I snuck up on me. Uh, soldering circuit boards right alongside of us. So you know, it was the three of us in a barn, and uh, another guy named Justin Simpson. Uh, all just hammering out pedals. And, um... Man, you know, grandma so I, you know, soldering the gra- has got to be the best. She actually is probably better than I am at it, because she's done it for like 30 years. You know? I, I mean, believe it. quicker and better, and she's like, your solder joints look terrible, Brian. I'm like, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying. She's like, yeah, you're just, you're just terrible at this. You, you, need, you need to find someone else to build your pedals. <laughs> <laughs> like a grandma. So, there you go. That's fantastic. So, but, you know, so graphic-wise, I was... Um, you know, I, I didn't know anything, like, about the screen printing process. At this time, it wasn't like Build Your Own Clone was just getting started. I mean, no, bo- no one had UV printers back then. Um, a couple guys were doing screen printing. Other people were just making labels and putting labels on pedals and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was doing the quote-unquote graphic design for the for the labels. Right. And uh, so, like, if you look at the Plex-Stortion... Uh, the, well, you'll have to dive through some of Google's images to find it now, but well, like that was, uh, yeah, that was, so that was, that started out as a label that Jason and was like, okay, so we're going to actually, you know, we're going to start doing UV printing and we're going to make a regular printed graphic on these pedals. And he's like, well, we don't want to change it too drastically, so I'm going to kind of start from where you left off with the sticker, you know, and and so that, that's what they kind of look like, like almost like the sticker was screen, you know, was printed onto the pedal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then as we come up with new pedals, he's like, "All right, well, I'm going to make this one actually look cool." So, <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So, so you know, so that, that's how we came up with Paisley Drive and uh, you know Catapult and all the better looking pedals. Latitudes look really cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Velvet Fuzz was actually designed by the team at Pro Guitar Shop. Actually, oh,
1: oh, that's Mm -hmm. right. I forgot you told me about mm -hmm.
2: that. That is, yeah, because it was a, it was I think was a a temporarily an exclusive for them for like thirty or sixty days or something.
1: That sounds right.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. So they, uh, so they came up with the graphics for that, and I loved that sub graphic behind it. And so Mm -hmm. we just kind of carried that through to the rest of the line. Everything kind of has like this sub graphic. You got to turn it in the light, and you'll see this sub graphic behind it. Uh,
1: little known fact: my first Wampler Velvet Puzz. There you go.
2: Before you
1: or I were ever speaking, I owned a Velvet Fuzz and and still own a Velvet Fuzz
2: and love it. Well, I appreciate that, Blake that that means that means that you were you've been a longtime fan, and it's kind of a kind of an honor for you to talk to me. It, uh, you know, it was at first <laughs> that quit that quickly subsided. Yeah, right? that
1: quickly subsided. <laughs> I was like, oh, this this guy again. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh man, wish I had never wh- never received why that fateful keep- email. <laughs> Why does he keep calling me? Make him stop. <laughs> Make him stop! I'm trying to eat biscuits and gravy. Leave me alone. <laughs> B's and G's. Um, so, Great. Right. Yes, for the, for the long-time <laughs> listeners, there's a little throwback. I love me some B's and G's, and I love the guys who came up with the term B's and G's. So there you go.
2: <laughs> well that would be that would be max and travis from from the older chasing tone podcast because i'm not witty enough to come up with that
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm not gonna lie i not i mean uh, as you know and i've i've probably talked about this somewhere before but the original chasing tone podcast was the inspiration for me to start this one uh you know one of i was like why aren't there more gear podcasts like why isn't and why isn't they're
2: like- <laughs> probably like why aren't they actually talking about gary
1: <laughs> <laughs> no i loved it i I had no problems with with any of it i i I listened to every episode like as soon as it dropped so i was a uh, i was uh definitely uh a fan of the show so i mean it inspired me to start this one though and then I didn't know that like fast forward you know nine months later after doing this that all of a sudden i was going to be the guest host on chasing tona like that was that was kind of a trip i was like okay this is a this is very very weird and awesome at the same time so
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was probably not anywhere near as cool as what you thought it was going to be it's kind of uh, like when, when i've had some people meet me like I've always wanted to meet you. And I'm like, why? This has to be like a major letdown. (laughs) I'm totally just like you, except probably more bad habits. So, (laughs) I think that, I I don't
1: know. I almost think that uh, is pretty much par for the course. (laughs) Everybody in here in this gear world is just like, they're all just dudes. Like, it may not seem like it for some reason, but... Maybe just because when you're m- a little bit more public with like just being a kind of a person, uh, I don't know, a person in a field, and you're more public with it, it, it seems like right. maybe you're something special. No, everyone's dudes, like literally it, everyone. It
2: is, and I, I find myself doing the same thing a bit. You know, like if I see someone on YouTube a lot, and mm-hmm. you know, I'll meet them at Nam or something, it's a little bit surreal. You know, because there they are, like live, and, and you know, I mean, it's just different, like watching them on YouTube at twenty four frames a second or whatever, yeah, and seeing them live. Um, so there's like this surrealness to it. If that's not a word, I just made it up. Trademark Brian Wampler, 2016, <laughs> and yeah. So um, I don't know. So I, I understand that to a bit, but I will say there are some people that um, put 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 me in uh, uh, up on a pedestal that I should not be on. You know, because at the end of the day, I'm literally just a dude, just a dork with a breadboard. <laughs> you, you know, you should get a T-shirt that says that "Dork with a breadboard." I <laughs> uh, should. I should make that shirt. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I should sell them on the Tone Mob store. You could tonemob.com. S- the backslash store.
1: You could. You could. You could definitely uh, do that. I don't know who would buy it, but probably other dorks with breadboards. <laughs> Um, maybe so. You could sell one to every pedal company, which actually, hey man, that wouldn't be too bad.
2: <laughs> that, that may not be a bad business model.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, one thing I I I think we've kind of discussed before on Chasing Tone. Um, but obviously we've never discussed it here because this is your only this is your second appearance. Um, mm-hmm. since you have been around the you know quote-unquote boutique guitar industry for a, or pedal industry for a long time now. What are your kind of thoughts on, like, the somewhat, in the last, what, like, three to five years, it's just exploded with not just the amount of pedals, but the amount of, you know, small companies. Um,
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Do you have any thoughts on as to why that is or where you see it headed?
2: Well, it's a bubble. Um, I, I think history in general always repeats itself, and it basically in every in everything, there's always a bubble of some sort. Whether it's manufacturing or you know craft beer or, or whatever. I mean, like everything has a bubble. Mm-hmm. Like right now, craft beer, uh, and not, not that I follow it like super close, but everybody's got a you know, everybody's a craft brewer, you know, everybody's, bre- not everybody, but a bunch of people are brewing at home. A bunch of people are like, I'm going to start my own craft beer company, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're in a bubble too. Um, same thing with, um, I wouldn't say podcast, but it's not not your podcast, but like <laughs> marketing podcasts. Oh, yeah. It's, it's It's a big bubble. There's a gigantic amount of people who want to talk about marketing and business, you know, via podcast. And, and it, sometimes, you know, I mean, in my
1: opinion, this is a little bit off subject, but some of those people <laughs> maybe shouldn't be talking about it. The, well, that's that,
2: the thing. Yeah. With the, in that situation, you have a bunch of people who it, it, they've never done it before, but they've heard a lot of people talk about it. And so they're just taking in information and spitting it back out in their own voice. You know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's kind of I a guess that's deal. no
2: different. That's no different than some uh, professors, if you think about it.
1: Well, that's true. That's, you know, they, they actually of- never did. They just heard right. and then regurgitate.
2: Right. They're like, here's, here's what the textbook says, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I don't like learning that way. I'd much rather learn from someone that's been there and done that and made the mistakes, and you know, I way prefer that. so that's totally off topic. Yeah. Um, so as far as like what we're talking about with gear and new companies coming out, I think and I hate to say it, but here's what's going to happen. It's it's going to take a few years, but there's, you're going to see um, a lot of companies start to drop off the radar because they don't have chops in some way. Not
0: Mm -hmm. that I have
2: like the greatest chops, but like it's, it's, it requires a whole different mindset to understand that your company, the money that it's making is not your money. That's the company's money. Right. It might as well be like a whole different person, you know, and it's hard to, when you're starting a gear company, it's hard to uh, you know not pay yourself for two years while you're getting getting it going
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, or at least take such a small the very least amount you know and eat spaghetti every night just to make it work. Uh, you know a lot of people get a big order and like, woohoo, we're eating good this month you know mm-hmm. and um, you can't do that you, you just you have to really lay you know be really skim e- even even today. I like. I really like. I don't drive a Ferrari or anything like that. Like, there's just not. I just live the same way I always have. Well, you I know? mean, it's a,
1: it's a Jaguar. I, Let's not sugarcoat it.
2: <laughs> I mean, I just I, I pay myself the same salary I paid myself four years ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, five years ago, and um, you know, the just the whole idea is to keep capital in there so you can continue growing, and continue expanding, and and like you gotta scale everything. So you can't you can't stay the same size for you just can't. Like if you're not growing or if you're not moving in some way, you're slowly plateauing and dying. And that's uh that can be really hard. That's uh, the the business side is is something that we don't really talk about in uh in pedal circles, you know? Like right. all the different DIY forms where all the new builders are starting up. Mm-hmm. If you start talking about um, you know Gross profit, and you start talking about branding or your marketing of any sort, especially. And, oh boy! Uh, you know, if you start talking about anything like that, I start to glaze over very quickly. You know, and unfortunately, like that's a big, huge part of the business. Uh, you know, it yes. is a business. You you have to run it differently than you would run like the hobby. You know. Yes, if you and, want it um, to be
1: a real thing, you ha- you do. Yes, and. And yep. the marketing side, I, I'm, you know, that's something I try to help people with. That's part of my thing. And I I realize how, how far behind – I don't mean this in a bad way because they probably spent their time learning how to build stuff instead of how to sell it or how to get it in front of people. But I'm just realizing – I'm like, oh, yeah, are you doing this or are you doing that? And people are like, huh? Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is basic right. stuff, some of the things I'm – Mentioning to them, it's like really basic, and they don't—they don't have a clue that it exists. And I don't mean that in a bad way. That's just not where their interests lie. But it's right. It's stuff you have to—you have to learn. Um, it is, even, even it if you're not interested is. in it. Unfortunately, yes, yes.
2: Yeah, like you know, it's. I think it's hard for a lot of smaller builders to cross over from the breadboarding, building the product, over into like learning QuickBooks and understanding profit and loss sheets. You know, and, and making budgets, that's, that's, you know, how do you determine how much money to spend for advertising every month? Mm-hmm. How do you determine that? You know, it, but that's all stuff you just, you have to learn. Like you have to put the breadboard down and you have to go learn that stuff. Or if you're not willing to, or if you don't want to, you have to hire someone that's good at that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's, then I mean, let them do that's, it.
0: That's the other yeah, part
2: of <laughs> You, you got to have a partner. And then, yeah, cause you, we both, I've seen companies do that. They hire someone that is supposed to do a job, and then they completely get in their way. You know, so hire a guy that's good at doing that, and get out of his way. Mm-hmm. You do what you're good at, build pedals or whatever, and then let him run the company. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And but, I think some um, yeah. some
1: builders would would really benefit from that because they don't like the marketing or you know sales side. They don't really enjoy it, and then when you don't enjoy things, you tend to not be as good at them. That's just facts. You
2: procrastinate, put it off, and it just the whole everything suffers. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I mean that's um, yeah. So I think a lot of those smaller companies will fade out. You know, and I hate to I hate to say that, but I just I just think it's inevitable. There's there's a limited amount of people that are buying high end gear. There just is, and it's not increasing. Like a lot of the younger people. Um, aren't really getting into higher end gear, right? Right. They they I mean, don't know not why like they need they, it. not like they were ten or twenty years ago. Anyways, mm-hmm. you yeah. know it's a, and it's kind of a different mindset. And plus, you know, at, you know, at least here in America, there's a thinning of the middle class. Oh yeah, big time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that just don't have the money to buy that two hundred dollar pedal.
1: Yeah, even so that, if they that,
2: they really want it, so that's that's unfortunate. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, so what, what do you do? I don't know. I think, I think, I think the whole pedal business. I think the whole music and the musical instrument business is going to radically change in ten years. I, I radically do too. Totally change.
1: I, I do too. I think you we're going to see more and more. Um, I mean, it's already happening. It's already this industry is already quite huge, but we're, like more and more like digital. You know. Like, it's way cheaper to buy a, a you know, a, I don't know, just a Tube Screamer plug-in than an actual Tube Screamer. And if it's there's 99% yeah, so, there, you know.
2: Yeah, there's there's so many people that's just, you know, going into, um, I to started to say Amp Farm, but what's that, like 15 years ago? <laughs> um, oh, what is that product called? And I can't even remember it. Holy crap. But anyways, you know, just uh, um, like Amp um, Amplitude, or Mm -hmm. you know, Two Notes also has a software. There's a bunch of softwares out there that, you know, it's it's pedals or just impulse responses or whatever. Using your DAW, you just load up a tube screamer impulse response and a Marshall impulse response, and you know, if you got some decent monitors or decent headphones, and you just rock out.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, I see a lot of young. It's not what I would prefer to do, but I, I mean, if you don't have the money, you don't have the money. (laughs) That's end of story.
2: Right. Or I mean, you know, the flip side is, if you're just recording at home and but you don't, you know, you don't have, um, you don't have the finances to buy 18 different amps or you know, three thousand dollars, three thousand dollars worth of pedals, mm-hmm. then uh, you know that's that's a possible second option and things. I think things in the in DSP, DSP world are only going to get better. You know? Yeah, I don't think I don't think pedals or analogs are going to go away, but I think it's going to be more like. You know, it's like two amps. Two amps are not ever going to go away. But you know, the amount of um, you know the amount of four or five thousand dollar amps that are sold compared to the amount of you know twenty dollar downloads for software like <laughs> it's just that they don't compare. You're getting gigantic amounts of downloads, and you're selling you know a couple hundred amps a year at four, you know at four thousand dollars, probably at best. Right. Exactly. Well, you and know, then... you're probably selling. You're probably doing pretty good if you're selling like three or four amps a month. <laughs> yes, and
1: yeah. then there's the thing of, of um, you know, if you want to talk talk business side, like we were, the thing of like how much maintenance does a plug-in require versus oh, you know, my tube amps right. busted and it's under warranty, so come fix it. You know, like right. It's just no uh, I don't, and I don't mean all this to say that I prefer the the plug-in. I no, don't this really is. Don't.
2: No, this is not a preference. I mean, my, my preference would be, you know, the uh, <laughs> the old, <laughs> the old man mentality of don't change a thing, mm-hmm. keep everything <laughs> the way it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But just being honest, like things things are just moving. What what honestly, what I don't know is where Wampler Pedals is going to be in that whole scheme of things. Yeah, right. so we're primarily a company that's like we dabble in DSP. We do have some plugins like through Amplitude and stuff, but like we don't we don't have anywhere near the DSP of someone like Strymon or, you know, someone like that that has, um, you know, way more engineering behind it. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, right, you know?
2: right. Yeah,
1: that's that's interesting. I do think it's just things are going to increase digitally. Uh, I think we're going to see, in the pedal and effect world, I think we're going to see more and more, like, super interesting, like mm-hmm. like, things yeah. that have never been done before. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, combining digital and analog technology. I, I mean, that's right. already happening. I'm looking at a pedal right now that I never even knew that I wanted. Um, I think I've talked about it a couple of times, but it's the, the hologram electronics, uh, dream sequence. And mm-hmm. we've talked about it briefly, but it's a, they, they describe it as a programmable rhythm and octave, um, and that's about the best you can do to describe all the things it does it do- it's just has an insane amount of uh processing power and and the tricks that it can do you're making sounds that haven't really been done in a pedal format before so right i see i see the industry sliding into things like that um you know we'll we'll always need the classic sounds but i think the innovation is going to continue with Companies like them, uh, Chase Bliss, you know, guys that are just going bonkers. Uh, I think we're yeah. going to continue to see more and more of that every year.
2: Uh, My I honest? This is going to make me sound crazy, but I honestly think in 20 years, 15, 20 years, I think VR is going to be the next big revolution. And I think there's going to be sep- almost like a different world where a person can go in, in, into this virtual reality and go into some sort of music store and play through products. And uh, I think at some point, there's going to be s- some way it's going to trigger sensors in our brain. And we're going to be able to, it's going to feel like real. It's going to feel real.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I, I think that's. I think at some point, that's where all this stuff moves to. That's just my opinion, though.
1: I think you're right. Uh, VR is, uh, has been talked about as, as the next thing for, I don't know. 15 years and it's actually like now getting its feet wet in, in like, right. no, this is a, this is a thing. Um, like, I, I think you're right. I think, I don't know if it's going to happen, uh, in that way where it'll feel real in that time frame. I think we're still a little behind. Yeah. I
2: think, I think that's a little ambitious thing. It's going to feel real. I, but I think in time, especially as we understand how the brain works more and more, mm-hmm. uh, and, as in, as, um, You know, artificial intelligence becomes much, much smarter. Then I think, um, I I just think we're in for a dramatic shift over the next 50 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think music industry, yes. I mean, like everything's different. I mean, shoot, some people believe that we're living in a matrix right now. (laughs) We're in some sort of simulation right now. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And and there's some good arguments. Like, if you listen to the arguments for it, there's some good logic behind it not saying I believe it or don't believe it, but I'm saying, like, if you're just purely looking at the logic side of it, there's some good arguments that that some people are making for that.
1: Well, see, see, I have this foggy memory of I was talking to this guy with these funny sunglasses on that just clipped to his nose, and he asked me if I wanted to take the red pill or the blue pill, and I don't remember which one I picked, but uh, I have this foggy memory of that. (laughs)
2: Could, was he, like, jumping on walls and stuff?
1: Well, not at the time, but he did have a long black trench coat, and he had a very deep voice. Hmm.
2: Yeah. It was a, it's a weird memory Sounds, that I have. Yeah. I'd never, never heard of that before. No. Weird.
0: No.
1: Hmm. Oh, man. Just had some deja vu. Wow. Well, that was weird.
2: Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Matrix. Uh, it's a glitch in the Matrix. Uh,
1: I need to watch that movie again. It's been a long time. Uh... Anyway, that uh, that is took a turn. The pedal industry, in in <laughs> Brian's opinion, is going to turn into virtual reality. That's what
2: <laughs> they, I, my brain tends to wonder. I don't know if anyone's ever caught that or not. But as I think through things, it just twists and morphs and changes. And yeah, I got some problems, dude.
1: <laughs> no, that's n- no. I mean, if you if you're considering it a problem, then I have the same problem. I I definitely uh, I definitely can relate to that.
2: Um, I just, you know, I guess I've always been, a, you know, what my teachers would call spacey, you know, mm-hmm. where like I did really bad in school. We've talked about that before. And instead of like paying attention in class, I would just stare off into space and my mind would just wander aimlessly. Mm-hmm. And so now the only difference is I'm speaking while it wanders. <laughs> 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 That's the only difference. Yeah.
1: Uh. Well, to kick this back uh, back towards gear, like what we were talking about a little bit, I just had a thought. We were talking about all the innovation and the, and the things that are happening and, and how the gear world's changing. There is this thing that happens in society every once in a while, though, where things tend to like, throw back um, to something else. Do you think that we might see that as a pushback to some of the super high-tech stuff that's going to be coming down yeah. the line?
2: Yeah, we will. I mean, you always do. I mean, like, if, if you think about the, like the 80s, for example, and I know you're younger than me, but, you know, like in the 80s, we started talking about how solid state was so much better than tube, right? Mm-hmm. And Crate, create the company, St. Louis Music, came out with like all these solid state amps that were wildly successful. And, um, you know, in the in the meantime, like there was a the resurgence of, uh, you know, like, Old vintage tube amps that were just starting to come up mm-hmm. and so a lot of people were using these gigantic racks you know full of digital stuff and full, you know just full of electronics and people were starting to kind of get tired of that and right around the time that all the grunge stuff really started taking off we started getting rid of the racks and it started you know people started finding like old deluxe reverbs in pawn shops for like 50 bucks or something oh man you know
0: <laughs> oh man
2: yeah, and so you know, it's it's crazy. It, but I mean, yeah, so that did build up a resurgence and of course that led to the boutique market and blah blah blah. So I think that will happen again. I I don't know if it's going to be as big this time. I think a lot of that you got to remember back then like the young the kids in high school and growing up like there was you didn't have anything to do. There was like if you had cable, there was like 30 channels and most of it was news, you know. It was it wasn't great. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm.
2: And, you know, of course, there was no internet. The game systems were like Nintendo, which which, which is cool, but it, it wasn't anything like online play today. You know, you, you'd play Nintendo for a while, and you'd be like, all right, this is getting boring. You know, I'm going to go find something else to do. So you either did that, or you rode bikes or skateboard, or you played guitar. You know, like playing guitar, at least here in the Midwest America, where I'm from, like that was kind of... Um, Everybody had a guitar. Not everybody, but a lot of people had a guitar, and it was just like what we did. It was it was the gaming of today. Mm -hmm. So that's what that's what I that's one of the things that I don't know is if we're since since there's so many things that take up a person's uh, mental space, whether when this does come back around, whether it's really going to be anywhere near as big, or whether it's just going to be big with us, you know, fifty, sixty year old dudes who, um, you know, missed sold our stuff and because we we're busy working and now we have some time and so now we want to play guitar again you know
1: yeah i don't know i i'm kind of thinking it, of it in terms of like this coexistence sort of how music the music industry as a whole is super digital like digital is the way most people consume media at the same time the vinyl resurgence is a real like like all the pressing plants that are operating right now can't keep up with the demand for vinyl, which is like that's the, true. the oldest, you know, way to listen to music that's still kind of currently available. Um that's true. So I wonder if there'll be this but, weird coexistence of like super, you know, digital, you know, music with like super old school kind of thing, like living alongside each other at the same time. And both thriving. Well keep in
2: mind keep in mind though, like the the, the record, the vinyl the vinyl resurgence Like it's still, it's still boutique. So like if you compare the numbers of the people that are, you know, listening to music via MP3 or via YouTube or SoundCloud or Spotify or Pandora, you know, like all these digital means. Mm -hmm. If you compare the numbers, they don't even compare at all. Like people aren't, people aren't finding, uh, let me put this in a different way. So you and I decided to write a song together online. Right, mm-hmm. so we're we're sending tracks back to each other. And, you know, we're in GarageBand, and like, "You're like, I got this cool drum beat," and I'm like, "I got the bass part," and you're like, "I got a fuzz pedal plug-in that I'm going to put on this. It's going to sound massive." I got you the know? high part,
1: Brian. I got the high part.
2: <laughs> I'll take the low melody. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, we're making this song together. We throw it out on SoundCloud. We're trying to we're putting our our art out to the world. Right? Hit my There's mixtape, no fam. Way. <laughs> exactly but but we're we're not even thinking about vinyl we're nowhere near getting vinyl you know and the people that might be even looking for us on soundcloud they're not thinking about vinyl that's true they're not i mean it's a very select group of people that are are into vinyl and i know it's hip and cool right now and I, I, i totally get that but all the kids that i'm watching like all the and i say kids i'm talking it's cuz i'm an old, old fart you know i'm talking about 18 20 year old kids no, no one's listened to vinyl man you hmm. know yeah, they're downloading youtube stuff oh, i th- i think
1: know? for you know more and more i find myself in this really weird uh this weird space in the generations where like i remember when the internet wasn't a thing uh, you know, I remember n- not having cable in, you know, in, in growing up and like and all that stuff. So, like a lot of you know, a lot of older guys, they kind of look at me and they think, "Well, he doesn't remember any of that stuff." It's like, "No, I do." That was that was my right. generation. Was like one of the
2: last to experience right. you're that. The, yeah, you're the last generation. You're old enough to really grasp the, the idea of not having internet. You mm-hmm. know, but you also were there at the time where. You know, us old farts are like, let's see, internet, Um, I guess I'll go on AOL and check my email, you know? <laughs> right. And you're like, no, 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 man, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start a blog and I'm going to write and I'm going to create a website and you know, you know, like all this stuff. Yeah, Where exactly. Most 40, 40, 45 year old dudes my age, you know, they weren't even thinking that mm-hmm. at all. You know, at the, at the most they're checking out, you know, pictures and stuff online. Right. That's a polite, polite way of putting it, I suppose. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, we, you know, most of the guys that when, let's see, when I, when I was 20, 20 ish,
0: mm-hmm.
2: whenever, um, whenever like the internet actually became easy to get on via AOL, mm-hmm. and I was, I was the weird guy that this is why I, I feel like I'm, I identify more with younger people than I do people my own age, honestly. It's probably why you and I get along so well. Like, I, I, st- I don't identify with 45-year-old dudes. I feel like they're old. You know, and I, I feel like I'm 20 inside. Um, but, you know, whenever, like, I discovered the internet, I was, li- like, the first thing I looked up was guitar tablature. I right. wanted to learn like, there's guitar tablature on here. And so I was, I'm like, holy crap, I'm going to look up all Steve Vai stuff and look up all Satriani stuff, you know. L- like, there's got to be Brett Mason stuff on here somewhere. There's got to be. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, it was really weird, but, you know, all my friends were like, dude, check out this chick. And I'm like, whatever, man, get a girlfriend, you know? (laughs) Uh, So I was just, I don't, I was just, I've always been a backwards guy. And I'm, I'm, I was, I used to be really uncomfortable with it. And now, like, especially as you watch our YouTube videos kind of migrate, I guess I'm just more comfortable with being awkward and weird. And I'm not afraid to show it to the world now. I just, I don't. That's the real authentic me. Like, mm-hmm. for example, on YouTube this morning, some guy's like, dude, calm down on the coffee. I'm like, you don't understand. Th- that's the normal me. <laughs> you know, like, I'm always like this wired, squirrely guy that's all over the place. That's just my natural personality.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: You know? So I don't know how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> well, but to take a
1: couple steps back where you, you were saying one of the first things you looked up on the internet was guitar tablature. That's probably one of the earliest things I remember looking up. Too was guitar tabs <laughs> so it's like oh i got to figure <laughs> out how to play this this song now i was probably trying to look up like you'd been playing for a long time at this point and i just started so that it's kind of a little bit different right. but i was probably looking up like so how do I play this chords. yeah i was like how do i play this green day song you know like <laughs> right. to, or something uh right um so yeah that's that's funny cuz i remember like i remember going like Oh, I can find guitar things on here. This is fantastic. Uh, yeah. The internet is wonderful. I can, and then that, I mean, that's probably the, you know, I, I probably took a big, you know, break from the internet when I, you know, stopped going to high school and everything when I graduated and then just kind of like went to work and my job wasn't really online based. So I wasn't on there that much. And then it was like, I kind of came back like a, a year and a half later. Or so and I was like, ooh. What are guitar pedals? And then here we are today. Ugh. <laughs> what a sickness! But
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, see, I remember even at that time. We're talking. I, I'm going to say it was 1999-ish or so.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, maybe, maybe 98. When I f- somewhere near there, where I found the Telecaster discussion page. Yes. Uh, now, as we know at tdpri.com, mm-hmm. I think is what it is. Uh, back then, it was just a Telecaster discussion page. It was just like a bulletin type of setup, which it's going to really confuse some people. It wasn't like a regular form, like what you're thinking. It looked, it it reminded me more of Reddit. Right. You know what I mean? Like a very, well, like Reddit with a really bad user interface. (laughs) Wait, worse than Reddit? Oh no.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like
2: there was, there was, it was terrible. It was like, you know, it was just all really bad times of new Roman fawn or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so I, I remember being on a Telecaster discussion page back then and, like, I who who was it? There was a writer that wrote, like, a George Strait song. And I'm like, holy crap, you're that guy? You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're that guy. And then, um, oh, what's the big session player from the 80s? Reggie Young. Reggie Young was on there. And I'm like, holy crap, Reggie Young is on the Telecaster discussion page. And I'm like... I can ask. Okay, so everyone who doesn't know, Reggie Young is a huge session player in country. Like he, before, he kind of was there when Brent Mason was just coming on the scene, mm-hmm. and Reggie was the I'd been playing stuff for years and years and years. So just he's you know a monster in that world. Uh, so so you know, as a guy that was looking up guitar tablature on the internet, like I was blown away that I could talk to Reggie Young. Mm-hmm. You know. So it just um, it threw, totally threw me for a loop. Yeah, that, that I don't know. Once again, I don't know why I'm saying this. <laughs> don't I don't know why here,
1: but... or how or what we're supposed to do with this information, but we've,
2: <laughs> we're now here. Yeah, yeah, this is not relevant at all to what we were talking about. But
1: <laughs> What did I tell you when you're like, what are we going to talk about? And I said, I don't know. We're just going to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you'll, ram- I have no doubt, Brian. You'll ramble it to somewhere. Yes, yes, we will.
1: We will steer this ship into some direction, and hopefully, it's interesting to listen to. Um, you know,
2: this should be a drinking game for your show on this episode. And it's like every time you say, "All right, well, I'm just going to take a few steps back and get to the." point
1: <laughs> No, I don't want to. Every be time, re- I don't want to be responsible for alcohol poisoning. <laughs> do not do oh. that. Uh. Oh,
2: jeez. I think I think people make that a drinking game with, with the Chasing Tone podcast. Every time we go off topic, take a shot. <laughs> no, Brian, we don't want to kill people. Stop it. No, I'm not saying do that. I'm saying I've had people email me to say that they okay. do that. <laughs> I'm not endorsing it. I'm saying that's what people do. That's what they do. Okay. All right. But
1: I'm glad to. I'm glad to know that we carry on that tradition uh, quite proudly over on the Chasing Tone podcast, where we continue <laughs> to stay off topic as much as possible. Uh, Travis Feaster, uh, your your memory still lives on.
2: That's true. <laughs> we carry on the tradition for you, Bub. That's right. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! That's awesome. Well, Brian. So I'll that's eat. all I got. I'm spent.
1: We we've been uh we've been at this for a while. I mean, because we technically recorded two podcasts back to back. So, um, but I think it was a great success. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, uh, in a last little uh plug here, where so, can everybody find you? And I do have a final question for you after we answer that question.
2: You have a final question as well?
1: Yeah, something we didn't talk about last time that I've talked about with most of my other guests. So,
2: are you serious? Yep. All right. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. So go to wamplerpedals.com. That's W A M P L E R pedals.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter's Twitter.com slash Twitter pedal, Twitter pedals, Twitter.com slash wampler pedals, uh, Facebook slash wampler pedals, Instagram slash wampler pedals. And uh, for you, uh, those for those who like Snapchat, you can always follow me personally at, at Brian Wampler.
1: There you go. All right. Sweetness. Okay, Brian. So it's it's a little bit of a shame that I've asked so many other people this question and and I never have asked you. So Boxers. you just made the same same joke as the last guest. Now I have to cut this out so that people don't think that you're that you're copying him. Um, Brian Wampler,
2: what is your favorite kind of pizza? Oh, That's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Well, my favorite, hmm. It changes, but right now, here's what it is. Okay. It is thin crust. Mm -hmm. It's uh, what we call, at least here in Indiana, we call Chicago Slice, which basically just means it's cut into squares rather than triangles. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Extra sauce, Mm -hmm. extra cheese, pepperoni, sausage, Italian sausage. Yeah. uh, Green peppers, black olives, mushroom, extra cheese garlic and um oh what are they called what those peppers called uh the pepperoncinis oh
1: you you just made a really good pizza in my mind that sounds Oh it's, it's
2: so it's so amazing <laughs> like I as I talk about this I'm thinking holy cow I'm hungry I got to go get a pizza man. Oh <laughs> man that
1: sounds really good that's a that's pretty much how I would put together something if somebody was like here's a you know build your own pizza type of menu that's mm-hmm. Pretty. That's pretty spot on to how I would do it.
2: Well, I don't know if if no one. Does, I'm surprised no one does that in Portland. Here, Papa John's, like the big chain. If oh, you, I don't. App, no, th- do no, that. there
1: is. There's. There's lots of places that do it. Like oh, just okay. the one I frequent does not do that. Um, it's just a. It's like a classic, like Italian wood oven pizza. It's oh, it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. They oh, will let you kind of do is, whatever yeah. you want, but it's a not like a traditional American pizza. I should say.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, those pizzas are amazing. Like Mm -hmm. New York has some of the best pizza I've ever had. Mm -hmm. So and Chicago too, of course. But I know what I want for lunch. So
1: pizza it is. All right, Brian. (laughs) Thank you very much for coming on again. And thanks
2: for having me. Yeah.
1: And as always, folks, for Brian, this is Blake. Good luck and good tones. And that's our show for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in and You know, if you want to hear more of Brian and I rambling on and on and on and on and on and on, I'm also on the Chasing Tone podcast pretty much weekly with Brian, so you can check that out over at the Chasing Tone podcast on iTunes. And what else?
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. Been a little lacking in the review department lately, if... You enjoy the show, and you'd like others to find it so you can horse around and, uh, you know, talk about pizza and gear with other like-minded folks. Um, if you could leave a, a good review on iTunes, that really helps uh, bump us up in the awareness and helps more people find the show. And uh, that would be very much appreciated. So, until next time, have a good week, and rock hard.